The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always happy to have you with us on Trip Talk. Today, we are going to have a return visit from a good friend of the show, Kim Romanner. She's the lady who last fall, as summer became fall and then turned into late fall and turned into early winter, was on the road in a big way. We can't wait to get, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. Kim Marcel Romanner is founder of Possibilities Amplified and an expert on the science of amplifying possibility into reality. Author of The Science of Making Things Happen, Kim helps people, organizations, and communities tap into the power of possibility. Her 25 years in business leadership ranges from serial small business ownership to Fortune 500 executive experience. Until quite recently, you would have found her living full-time and traveling the continent in her RV with her husband, Michael. Two lucky people, and they don't take luck for granted. They make it happen. Kim Romana, we're delighted to have you back on Trip Talk. Gary, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I look at, at what you accomplished, and now, of course, we're all in a different situation altogether, and we'll get to that shortly, but wow, when I think about you and your husband, Michael, who is retired, so that frees up his time to do the kind of thing you did on the road in your RV, there you were, Kim, a master of possibility thinking, amplifying those possibilities and then bringing them to life. You crossed North America and presumably came back again in your RV, and I would just love, as our listeners would, we would just love to know the rest of the story because you had some amazing adventures heading out west, and then we don't know what happened. So why don't you fill us in? Well, I'll, I'll say that we actually crossed the country twice because it was our goal every year to be back down in South Florida with my family for Christmas. And so we did uh, the eastern border of the country, the northern border, went down south, spent the first winter in Arizona, but then came back to South Florida for Christmas, stayed at Lion Country Safari, where you could hear the lions roar at, at, in the morning and in the evening as they took them out and put them back. It was really cool. Um, and then we went around again, and um, it was amazing. And so in this last trip around the Horn, we um, decided to, to actually, when we came back to South Florida for Christmas, to stay. Uh, my, my sister has some health issues. My mom's not a spring chicken anymore. And so um, we, we stayed in our campground for a little while and then decided to actually to reroute down here in South Florida. And, um, you know, we've been on the road full time for two years. And I can tell you that we met lots of people out there who like our friends Alina and John, who've been out there for 10 years and really have no goals to go back and be landbound anywhere. Um, and so, you know, it's totally possible to do this lifestyle for anybody. There's all kinds of price points for it. And so if you get a chance, I would encourage it. This country is so beautiful, and you can see such amazing things if you get out there on the road. I want to quote from your blog, Kim, because I think that you encapsulate your whole philosophy about this kind of travel, this adventure, in a very straightforward way. And I love this quote. 
The point is, what Michael and I are doing is not necessarily a reward at the end of some magical lifetime work rainbow. It's a lifestyle choice, and you can make it at any point in your life as long as you're willing to let go of, say, traditional work styles or needing to have a physical address where people can drop in and stuff. Although you can get a camper and park it permanently or seasonally at places and encourage lots of visits or needing someone to approve of your lifestyle. You approved of your own lifestyle. You and Michael, who I mentioned earlier, is retired. You are the master, the go-to person for amplifying possibilities. So what seemed impossible at one time suddenly is reality because of a systematic and scientific approach that you take to living and to working and apparently to recreating. Correct. And so the first thing you have to do is start out with a crystal clear vision of what you want to create in your life. And I got this idea about the traveling in the RV because I knew Michael was retiring. I was not. I actually worked the entire time we were on the road. And um, if you want to learn how to work and travel, you can listen to Heath Padgett's uh, podcast called The RV Entrepreneur, which is fantastic and so much fun to listen to. And I listened to him and I got really inspired about the fact that we did not have to stay where we were because... Augusta, Georgia is a beautiful town, but I did not want to settle there for our eventual, for Michael's retirement and my eventual retirement. And so as I got the bug for this and I started saying to Michael, you know, check out the equipment and check out the, the, um, you know, the truck you might need to pull a trailer, he got totally invested too. And then once we just, we had to decide, decision is so important. We decided together that we were going to do this. And then after that, it was just the details. How do you work out the logistics? So get crystal clear about what you want to create, and you can create it. That makes so much sense to me because without that crystal clarity, it's pretty hard to visualize getting anywhere in life, whether you're mobile or sedentary, I think. It's, there's a, some old saying, I may not be getting it right, but the idea is that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But that's not the way you live, and it's certainly not the way you think. It's uh, Yogi Berra who said, um, "Who said if you don't know where you're going, you're probably not going to get there." And that's <laughs> exactly correct. If you don't know where you're going, the universe doesn't either, and you're not going to get any help to create what you want. There is a certain metaphysical point of view to be taken here, and without getting too woo-woo about it, or what the heck, maybe we will. A lot of people visualize. Mm -hmm. Everybody dreams. We all have our dreams, big dreams, little dreams, but we don't necessarily have a systematic way of moving toward them. And if you handle it a right, the right way, it seems to me, Kim, that when you are clear, as you are suggesting, once you get that crystal clarity, in a sense, it isn't so much that you're moving toward your dream. It feels like your dream is moving toward you. Correct. I say that a, a, a really vivid uh, vision is like uh, a planet. It has gravity. And once you commit to it and you move toward it, you're going to be pulled towards it. It's, you're not going to be able to escape it. It's going to come after you. So I totally agree with that. When you were on the road, and I think it's just cute as an aside, people need to get to know <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Tell us about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. There seems to be a lot of intimacy there. <laughs> well, so 
Um, the truck was Mr. Smith, and the travel trailer, which is actually a fifth wheel, it was beautiful. It was it was it was so it was such a large space. I mean, we had a 55-inch curved Samsung TV in there, and a fireplace, and a and an island in our kitchen, a king size bed. I was sleeping on a queen size bed at my house, and so you know we did not suffer in this beautiful trailer. So so the trailer was Mrs. Smith, and the truck was Mr. Smith, and they they like to hook up, is what we said. And it was kind of like, uh, like um, that wonderful um, spy movie with I think it was Brad and and uh, Angelina Jolie. I yes. think that's where they actually hooked up. And so, um, so that was that was our, that, those were our nicknames for the for the kids as we called them. That's the kind of experience that will lend itself to these cute nicknames and the whole concept because you're doing something that qualifies as an adventure by any measure. But in order to do that, there's a great deal of strategy involved. We've been talking about that so far. And in your case, you and Michael must have reached a point where you could sit down, have a conversation and decide if you were going to go and to really feel your freedom, you had to let go of a lot of things to which you had been accustomed, like a home, like a bunch of stuff. You do have to let go of what you think you know. And um, to me, I, I actually went to 13 different schools when I was a kid. Uh, Michael had lived in many different places as well. So I just don't really have this big attachment to stuff. And so when we decided we were going to do this, we sold, we got that once we had the, the trailer, which was our, going to be our place to live, then we knew we could let the house go and we put it up for sale. It took longer than we wanted, but we also hired an estate uh, sale planner and she was amazing. And she came in and looked at everything in our house and she decided at what price it was going to sell, you know, sell it at, the, at her price day one, then a discounted price at day two. And so we just left the house and everything in it and she sold it all just about all of it she sold all of it so when we walked away we had no uh, burden we had no encumbrances we were totally free to take on this lifestyle and we had cash in the bank to do it with and so um we were so excited to get on the road it's really uh, an amazingly liberating experience to to drive away from where you used to live although also kind of sad because you're saying goodbye to all your friends there. But just amazing to say, we can go anywhere we want, we can do anything we want, and we can start right now. And it was amazing. I can only imagine, when I've taken road trips, they have been much more scaled down that, than what you and Michael achieved. And still, I felt that exhilaration of being able to get out to meet a bunch of new people, have a lot of new experiences and the stories to tell afterward. It's interesting how when you go to a place, maybe it was different for you. I don't know, Kim, but when I have gone away, even for a few days, it seems like I can go to community or I can stay away from community and crowds. And sometimes it's a mixture of the two. I'll give you an example. I can recall uh -huh. getting a nice cabin style. Now, this wasn't anything too rustic. It was very well equipped, and it was a Disney World, Fort Wilderness. Uh -huh. I went there, and sure. Suzanne, my partner, and I enjoyed a few nights there. But what we discovered is that there is a campground there where people go seasonally. I am not kidding you when I say that they had the Christmas lights up 
a tree next to their RV. They were set up. And people across this driveway had much the same thing going on. And there would be two rows of this. And you'd walk through it and go, these people are calling this place home for a while. It's obvious. So what I thought about that is you can go and get to know the neighbors and you have a community on the road. You stop, then you get back on the road. Maybe you go home, maybe you go elsewhere, but you can actually pull that off. Or did you have the opportunity uh, like that, Kim, by contrast with places where you go and the campgrounds are such that people really want to be by themselves? It seems to me on the road you could really have it either way. It is true. And of course, I was working, so I needed some time by myself. And Michael was our social butterfly. So he would go out and meet everybody in the whole campground. And then when happy hour came, I would go over and meet the people that he had already met. He'd already toured their RVs because he really wanted to buy a motor home and all this other kind of stuff. It was really very fun. But, you know, we had Christmas decorations and we were traveling all the time. And every RV campground you go to at Christmas is going to have Christmas decorations, whether it's uh, people who are staying there seasonally or not, if they could be, if they're there for a week, they're going to have Christmas decorations. So it's like walking around your neighborhood, wherever your house might be. And we have we had great community out there. Um, in fact, we still have friends from the road that we, you know, we just had a happy hour with them because they're as isolated as we are during this incredible time, and spent an hour talking to them about what was going on with them, where they were, and they're actually kind of stuck right now because a lot of the campgrounds closed and so they're having to come up with um you know the whole plan they had for where they were going to go next the next thing next has just been wiped out and so they're trying to figure out what their next steps are going to be and you do have to think ahead if you divest yourself of some a lot of your material possessions you are thus freed up but there are the little considerations as well kim do you have pets no. Okay. I yeah. actually, and yeah. I didn't think anybody could actually do this. I mean, I love cats and dogs both, but I know a couple from Washington State. They went from Washington diagonally down to Florida. Then they went to kind of, it was almost like a four corners deal. But not only that, they got really bold and went up through British Columbia up to Alaska and then came back down to Washington State. And they did it with this cat. <laughs> so they had this cat with them, and uh, the husband thought it was funny once in a while if he uh, didn't want the cat just walking around while they're driving. He'd put the cat in a, in a kitchen cabinet, close the door, you know, and then come back and get her later. And I, well, I don't know that I would do it that way exactly. That's sort of creative. And the cat wasn't in there for long. But the whole point is they were able to actually travel with a pet. And they're eating outside. They've got a picnic table. When they came down here, we met up with them. And here's the cat having a high old time so that you are taking kith and kin with you, as it were, as long as you are creative and mindful. This is, I think, your great specialty is that you plan your possibilities. You attract them using scientific thinking. You're not just woo. You decide, OK, this is what I'm going to do. I get clear and then you make it happen and you make it happen in a way that is commodious and fits your own desires. Correct. And, you know, I will tell you that there are tons of dogs in RV parks. And I remember in, in an RV park called Wild Cherry Resort, there was a little black kitty in the next RV. And, and that kitty and I got to be good friends because I had a black kitty when I was a teenager. And so whenever I came out, the kitty would come over and let me pet its belly. And 
Um, you know, so many pets are traveling. I've seen people in their rigs with at least three dogs, and I've heard a rumor there's somebody out there with seven. I'm not really? exactly sure how I would feel about that. But you know, you got to take your you got to take your love with you wherever you go, right? So, and and the their people's pets are so important to them. You definitely can go on the road with your pets, and they love it. Every animal I ever met out there was super happy to be on the road. I think that's how I would want to do it. And ordinarily, you will hear everybody from cat owners to the local vet tell you that cats don't travel well. But I've seen that that's not necessarily true. I think it's a matter of trust and training and the bond between the pet owner and the pet itself. So uh, that's something that I kind of fantasize about. But I'd have to get crystal clear about it before I did it. From talking to you, I know that. <laughs> Exactly. Coming back now, on your way back home, Kim, I'm curious to know, I know that our listeners would love to hear this or that standout story about people that you met, maybe somebody who was a remarkable personality, or was there some crazy thing that happened in a diner? What can you share with us? Well, so I'll tell you this, that I, I'm training myself to paint. Um, I'm trying to exercise my creative self more, which is something wonderful you can do when you're on the road or anytime. This, this time in our lives, in fact, is a great time to stretch your creative muscle. And I knew that if I went outside and started painting on the picnic table, somebody was going to come up and ask me about painting. And sure enough, I met a painter who then opened the trunk of his car and showed me the paintings that he had done. And so we had this whole art. I took him for a tour of the paintings in my RV. So, you know, I found a fellow soul by sharing my art. Um, I think that, that the, on the trip home, the, the scariest thing was uh, we almost lost an axle on the trailer. And luckily, my husband is our, is our um, CSO, our chief safety officer. And so he had um, these tire pressure gauges on all the tires on the trailer, and he noticed the numbers were getting way too high. So he pulled off at the next exit. And um, luckily, there was a uh, flying J there, and so we pulled into the parking lot, and when we got out, uh, we got to the end of the exit, actually. There were guys in a car beeping, beeping, beeping behind us, and they followed us into the parking lot, and they happened to work at the RV repair center like a quarter mile from the flying J, and they had seen that our rear axle was falling off. And the, there's a hanger um, bracket that had basically bent to the point where if we had stayed on the road any longer, that axle would have fallen off. And I can tell you that it would have gotten trapped under the trailer and probably would have slipped us. So thank God for Michael and his, and his over, you know, his, his hyperactive safety gene. Um, and then thank God for these guys that then took us one truck in front and one truck in back with our safety lights on quarter mile very, very, very slowly to their place where they, they fixed our axle and then we were able to go home with really without any incident. So very, very fortunate there. Safety should be number one concern whenever you're traveling. Um, so those, those are probably the, the, some of the coolest things that happen. I could tell you lots more stories, but that one sticks obviously in the mind. It definitely would for me too. Kim, when you're on the road, do you find that a lot of the travel is just miles and miles of miles and miles? I'll give you an example. Montana. 
when we entered, we came going one time on a trip, Suzanne and I, from Seattle, growing, uh, going across the northern tier of states. We were going to end up in Chicago, and it was a great time. However, I was surprised the first time I did it that when you get to Montana, Missoula was the place where we stopped. We thought, okay, we're in Montana. We'll cross the state. We can't wait to see all of the, the great forest, big sky country. What I did not take into account as I planned my daily drive, and I did most of the driving, was that mm -hmm. you can drive for two to 300 miles. You've had a meal. You start to get tired after maybe another 50 miles. You think maybe you'll turn in the night. You're nowhere close to the border of Montana with the eastern <laughs> states. You, you, If you head south to Wyoming, that's one thing. There, but when you get to, um, for example, Bozeman, Montana, you're just far mm -hmm. removed from the next state. You have to keep going and going. And thank goodness that there are so many gorgeous sites, the majesty of Montana, big sky country. That's not necessarily going to be the case if you're driving, for example, no offense, but across Nebraska or Kansas or great swatches of Texas. For example, you just have to know where you're going, how long it's going to take to get there, what you're going to do for entertainment to avoid monotony. Well, you know, I, I totally agree. And I will tell you that there were swatches of, of desert and stuff like that where I was looking out the, the passenger window while, while Michael drove thinking there's somebody out there in the desert that's been dumped like a body in the middle of the desert. And if I just I just keep watching, I'm going to find that person. I'm going to save that person. I mean, that's, that's how my I was trying to entertain myself while we were going through some of those places. But on the other hand, you go through some of the, um, you know, the farm country places, and we got to this one place where they had actually posted on the fences around their farmland the name of the crop which they were growing in their field. Because if you've you know, gone through this kind of country, you look at the green plant and you look at the yellow plant and you're going, what is that? I don't even know. Is it soy? Is it broccoli? Is it kale? I don't know. I can't identify it. And so they had identified the crop that you were seeing as you drove. And I was like, look, hon, there it is. There's soybeans. Now we know what that looks like. We'll remember forever. And I don't know if we will. But it was like a game that we were playing on the road. So, so some places have taken into account that their area might not be so exciting, and they're trying to give you some information as you go along the way, which is fun. That's right. And there are always the billboards there where you could find out. I mean, these aren't Burma shave days we're talking about, but I've seen some pretty interesting things. For example, on the road in South Carolina headed to North Carolina, south of the border is a tourist trap of the pleasant variety and many, many people stop there to have a good time. If you want food, if you want some chach, if you want to play some games there, you want to have a good time as a tourist, you go to south of the border and you can't miss it because there are X number of billboards telling you how many miles you are from it and then next exit and there you are. And I thought, well, that's getting the word out there for the road traveling public. Yeah, when we I actually have written a poem going through Wyoming because there was a billboard there about, uh, about, you know, about wanting to be a pronghorn. Ah, okay. <laughs> I guess In your next like lifetime. a team or something like that. And I said to my husband, I always wanted to be a pronghorn, honey. <laughs> so each place has their own little quirks and their desires and their interesting thought processes. But, you know, think about this. 
when you're going through Wyoming, you're going through what used to be seafloor. And so you're looking at these undulating green hills that used to be at the bottom of an ocean. You know, if you go out there, you're going you're gonna to find shells in that country, which is really amazing to me. And so, um, so you know, each place has its own unique profile, and to discover it is the part that is so very cool. And now we have the country by and large there are exceptions but by and large we're staying in place waiting to get out into the marketplace of life waiting to get out on the open road perhaps in just a couple of minutes as we get ready to close the show when the country opens up again how would you advise people and where can they find you online in order to plan the road trip of their dreams okay so if they want to work on the road go go look at the rv entrepreneur podcast um, that was really helpful to me. Um, there, there's Facebook groups for our beers where everyone, it, it, there is a lot of community out there on the road. Um, look at KOA's website and look at the, the campgrounds they have across the country. We, we're big fans of KOA. And um, I, I would say that, um, you know, be safe still. Be healthy. You might still want to distance even if all your favorite restaurants open. So, you know, look at the restaurant you want to go to. Are they spreading the tables out or are you all packed in together? Don't go to those places because we still don't know who has it and who doesn't have it because a lot of people are symptom-free. So be safe, be well, and be kind to each other. These are difficult times. And where that's great advice. And where online can they find you, Kim? I think of Possibilities Mm -hmm. Amplified, Inc., PossibilitiesAmplified.com is my website, and on Facebook I have a page for The Science of Making Things Happen, my book, and I would love to have you there. Absolutely. Kim, thanks so much. It's a real pleasure to talk to you again. I envy you, and that's a whole show unto (laughs) itself. People tend to say, that's amazing, I could never do that, or oh, if only I could. And occasionally you'll find people who admire you more and like you less because you actually pulled it off. Yeah, but let me tell you, you can, and it's just up to you. And if you want help amplifying that possibility into reality, I can help you do it. I will find another opportunity, hopefully in the near future, Kimro Manor, to have you back. And we'll talk about the science of making the road trip of your dreams happen. You are go-to gal, if you don't mind my using the phrase. Thank you, Kim. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road. Until next week, drive safely and dream well. 